millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Full Frontal Second Not Annual Not the White House Correspondence Dinner. We are so thrilled to be back at Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. We didn't think we'd ever do one of these again, but then... The White House Correspondents Association ditching the comedian who usually roasts the president and the press corps. Our president tweeted that the White House Correspondents Dinner should change, and they did it! No one should ever do what the president tweets at them! Hello, and welcome to The Last Laugh. My name's Matt Wilstein, and I'm a senior writer at The Daily Beast. This week on the show, I got to speak with one of my favorite late-night hosts on TV right now, Samantha Bee. Sam has been hosting Full Frontal on TBS for a little over three years now, and in my opinion, she just keeps getting better and better. We talked about how that network has given her show a chance to thrive, unlike so many other female-fronted shows that have been canceled over the past year. We met up in her New York office to record this episode about a week after her second Not the White House Correspondents' Dinner special aired. She was gearing up for her first show back after that triumphant performance in Washington, D.C. Sam also reflected on her 12 years at The Daily Show and opened up about how it felt when Comedy Central didn't even consider her as a possible successor to Jon Stewart. This is The Last Laugh with my guest, Samantha Bee. So yeah, we're here. I'm here in your office, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. With yeah. this beautiful view. It's very pretty. And it's a beautiful day. It has rained every day for 300,000 days. And <laughs> today is the first really nice sunny day. You can see the river. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and it's a show week. So what? Uh, so can you can you give a little sneak peek? It's we're, we're here on a Monday afternoon. It shall be a funny show, Matt. <laughs> a funny what's, uh, what, show. What's, what's, what, what's happening on a Monday of a, of a show week? On a Monday of a show week, we're really working out. We already know what the second and third acts of the show will be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not finished versions of the second and third act, but they're very well on their way. And so, really, on a Monday, we're trying to figure out what the first act of the show will be. It's our most flexible spot on the show it's our most topical so we have a morning meeting on mondays to kind of figure out what we think where we think the world will be by wednesday mm-hmm. which is tough which is tough but you know I'm, there's a there's a way to do it there's a nuance and then if something big happens and the world changes on tuesday then we will have to adjust but usually we're usually we're right and do you feel like you're you're still coming down from the not the White House correspondence dinner because we're talking just about a, right. a week or so after uh, after you did that? Mm-hmm. Congratulations Thank on you. Uh, a great show. Thank you. Um, it's actually really good that we have a show. I think it feels like we should have a vacation, but uh, we don't. And I actually think that's a good place to be. It's good to get back. When you do a special like that, and it's like a colossal effort across every department of the show, it's actually good to get back in the saddle and just do some regular shows for a couple of weeks. So I'm I'm happy that we're back. And uh, so so this was the second uh, not the White House correspondence dinner yeah. that you just did, but you took a year off in between. Yeah. Um, and the original idea, I know, when we we first talked about it mm-hmm. a long time ago, it came from you know the idea that 
Trump had bailed on this dinner mm-hmm. and it felt like, you know, that there was an opportunity for for you to come in and do something. But since then, the White House Correspondents Association bailed on they, the comedy part of the they dinner. They bailed on their own dinner. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it felt like it was even more needed this year uh, in a way. I mean, as funny as Ron Chernow was, and he, mm-hmm. he had some jokes. Sure. Um, <laughs> he did a good job. I mean, he did a good job. Uh, but if, it did feel like this was even more uh, vital that you uh, that you do it this year. Um, was that part of uh, what what made you make that decision when you when you heard and what was what was your reaction when you heard that they weren't going to have a comedian at all this I year? I think that I actually think that is the most. Well, I, I never remember anything but i actually do think that that is the moment where we went i feel like we should do it yeah because they are bailing on the idea they're bailing on the very basic premise of having a comedian there to just like you know it's their job to sit there and take some jokes it's like 10 minutes out of their year that's the social contract i mean (laughs) but those are blowing up all over the place so why not this yeah just you shouldn't acquiesce to what the president wishes for your event he's not going to show up anyway and so of course he didn't yeah that was so, what i was wondering is whether they did it thinking oh maybe now he'll show up as if you know i don't uh, know it's i i can't i can't speak to what is going on in their minds i'm sure they're in the camp of like we've all got to find a way to be at these events together and i'm kind of like <laughs> oh oh fuck it <laughs> it's not working <laughs> yeah that's uh, great we'll all get along after <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, uh, I loved your your roast of of Trump. That was a sort of centerpiece of the of the show, um, oh, along with so much other great stuff. But um, you you really decided to focus uh, for a large part of it on mm-hmm. Trump's cowardice in the yeah. face of, of comedians, which was very timely. So you know. silly. And so, I mean, what do you think his inability, just complete inability to laugh at himself? Uh, you know, says whether it's, well, it's always been that way. This is not new. I don't think he's ever, he's never had a sense of humor about himself. I think, listen, I don't know him. I don't really know people who do know him. I know people who've met him, but he doesn't really, he's not a guy who laughs. Mm -hmm. He doesn't laugh at himself. Certainly. So this doesn't, this isn't like new terrain, but he is afraid of comedians. Hates it. Really seems to bother him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Including a, a rerun of Saturday Night Live, which yeah. he, uh, that was my favorite, I think, is when he, he so tweeted funny. against a, a rerun. I love it. <laughs> um, He's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a hell of a job. Um, so I interviewed uh, John Lovett uh, not too mm-hmm. long ago. Um, who used to write uh, jokes for Obama at the, mm-hmm. the White House Correspondence Center. And he, his point that he was making was kind of like, even if Trump had sh- would show up at these things, Mm-hmm. We can't laugh with him in the same way that we laughed with Obama or even, you know, I guess some would say that we laugh, we're able to laugh with Bush on occasion when he would show up and, and, and be willing to <clears throat> poke fun at himself, at least. I'm telling you, I the only time I ever attended the White House Correspondents' Dinner, George W. Bush was the president. Oh, yeah. And Which year was um, that? Do you remember the uh, comedian? It was Craig Ferguson. Okay. It was Craig Ferguson. And he did a very good job. But it was such a weird event. And I can't say that I had a great time. Um, but I do remember this one moment in the evening. Because they give out awards to great endeavors of journalism. Mm-hmm. And one of them 
was a story and like the headline i don't remember what it was but like the headline was almost literally george shelby bush is a war criminal and he won an award and then he had to come up and receive his award from george shelby bush and then they stood and took a picture together holding a you know holding a certificate that was like your article george w bush is a war criminal was fantastic and so they're both like thumbs up in the photo yeah this event is it's it is so weird but at the same time there's almost something kind of nice about that like the fact that 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 george bush could be there and and kind of accept that because i don't see that happening with i don't see trump shaking the hand of a journalist who called him a war criminal no it will never never happen it will never happen it's just (laughs) it's just part of the way it's just part of how things used to work yeah we don't we don't do those handshake things anymore yeah um so the other the other part of your the show the special um mm-hmm. that i that i really loved was where you kind of picked up where michelle wolf uh, left off on sarah huckabee sanders oh. <laughs> um and really really clarified something that was very lost in what michelle that she's about. made of taint meat from head to toe yes uh that that she wasn't that she was talking about her insides not yes, her not her, her outsides insides, so those... how did how did you kind of think about whether you that you wanted to tackle that and sort of then pick up where where she left off well, just as that i mean her inside i mean obviously the the joke that launched ten thousand think pieces was not directed at her looks at all it was yeah. just blown so wildly out of proportion and people are still writing about it i mean it really <laughs> was it is i'm incredulous about it still yeah i mean the really the the joke was about her inner aspect and the way that she conducts herself and so we just leaned we just leaned heavily into that. Now, look, I know I have to tread lightly with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I could say Sarah Huckabee Sanders has admitted to lying through her teeth, and the story tomorrow would be that I insulted her teeth, but I would never. Sarah Huckabee Sanders' looks are the best thing about her. She has shiny hair and pretty eyes and a lovely complexion, but on the inside, hideous as a pinworm in an anus. On the inside... That woman is 90% taint, and I mean that medically. I talked to my taint doctor. She said it's very serious. I don't even know how she breathes. Just head-to-toe taint meat. Anyway, <laughs> she's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, what, what did you think when you, when you sort of saw that backlash happening around Michelle Wolf's uh, jokes oh, originally? I mean, what was your so original reaction? So disproportionate. I mean, you know, I've had my own controversy in that, yeah. in that realm, and it just... It's it is ridiculous. It's not. I love Michelle Wolf. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's great. I I think that the amount uh, that people talked and wrote about that was outrageous. There's so much other stuff to be talking about. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that she thought it would get as much of attention not. as it did. No, that's not. No, it's just a great joke. God, <laughs> please. Um, so you also had the, the Sarah Huckabee Sanders robot, uh, was there, um, which I thought was very funny because Thank I knew you. you'd, you'd already been planning that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she actually came out after the Mueller report and I said, know. uh, she defended her lying, which was exposed in the Mueller report mm-hmm. uh, by saying, I'm sorry, I wasn't a robot. I know, but we've been building that robot for two months. <laughs> it worked out perfectly. Yeah. Who kn- sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's just a destiny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't put too much stock in those types of things, but sometimes it just everything clicks in a way that is unexpectedly wonderful. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I don't know we, that we had we the 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 robot that we built, the Sarah Huckabot Sanders robot, <laughs> had many capabilities too, and I'm not sure that. I actually don't know. Did the steam come out of her ears at the dinner? Uh, I, I don't remember the steam she, we specifically. Had the capability, but... We had the capability to shoot steam out of her cone ears. Yeah. And I guess we maybe didn't get to that. But <laughs> she you... did. She had some functionality. It seems that like, the, you know, I'm sure you, there was a huge amount of money invested in building the, the Huckabot. So is it going to be yeah, something? Yeah, it lives it in a trash can. That, oh. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> it's not going to be something that reappears uh, from time to time on I the show, do you don't think? I don't think so, but one never knows. Yeah. It really is. It isn't. could come in handy sometimes, I think. It's you thing know. of beauty. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the event that you that mm-hmm. you held is really the, sort of the main purpose besides being a comedy show is that it, you're celebrating the press. Yeah. Um, and I know that uh, some, God of love my, yeah, some of my uh, Daily Beast uh, Washington uh, reporters were there. And oh, I know, had a lot of fun and, uh, sitting at a table up front. And I heard, I heard that they really enjoyed it. Good. We tried to make it fun. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're also using the event to criticize some things that you don't love that the press does well, nobody's I mean, perfect yeah i'm thinking of the uh the racist versus racially sure. charged uh segment mm-hmm. um so why why did you feel like it was important to you know both celebrate the press and criticize them you know in this at the well, same I mean, time media criticism really is part of what we do with the show mm-hmm. we don't always do it but it's certainly something that we bear witness to i mean and that is something that always bothers us the use of euphemism in reporting is not one of our favorite things. So mm-hmm. it it just emerged as a theme we'd love to touch on. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have everybody in the room, <laughs> you got to say something. Yeah, captive audience. Yeah, you got a captive audience. <laughs> you got a lot of eyeballs on you. We, I think we made it. I think we made it entertaining. We made it. <laughs> yeah. We tried. Yeah, I love that. There's like sh- that. There were shout outs throughout the uh, the event to these very sort of you know mm-hmm. they're not obscure uh, people in the press, but they're no. like sort of lesser known people that you. It was, so there's kind of like in the know. I think uh, David Farenthold was very uncomfortable with. Really, <laughs> I think. Can you can you can you uh, tell people what what you said about? Uh, I said that my favorite <laughs> type of centerfold was an oiled up David Farenthold. <laughs> He took a good look at Trump's finances, and now I want him in my pantses. <laughs> I think he was literally horrified. Yeah. Somebody captured some audio of him on a radio show, and he was audibly uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's great because yeah. he does great work. Yeah, and and you were it's you were erotic. What are you going to do? Uh, did you? I don't think you had anyone from uh, Fox News at the uh, at the event. Did you? Or no, we did not. Were they uh, would and you... of sentence? <laughs> no, I'm, we didn't invite them. Yeah, but I mean, I would 100. percent I would always invite Shep Smith, but I don't yeah. think that he can come to things like that. Yeah, I don't think it wouldn't it wouldn't go over well. Back, I love at, uh, Shep. He's yeah. great. Yeah, is do you think there is so so much talk about that? Like you know, those handful, very small handful of mm-hmm. reporters at Fox who uh, who are doing who are doing good work. Um, but do you think that they, I mean, do you think that they have a responsibility to, you know, to say something or speak out or even, you know, quit in Listen, protest? If I were on... them, I would probably quit. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I don't know. What can I say? Like, look, mm-hmm. I think Shep's a perfect example. He's like really a reporter. Like he's a he's a journalist over there and he's mm-hmm. really trying to be the face of the news. He's the, like the mm-hmm. forward facing news person there. And so I, you know, he, 
I think from his perspective, I'm putting totally putting words in his mouth, but from his perspective, somebody there needs to be doing serious news reporting. Right. And so that's going to be yeah. him. It's kind of like that thing with the Trump administration. It's like, well, if these people quit, then who, who yeah, comes you in next? Yeah, trying to make, make <laughs> making change from the inside. I don't know yeah. what his private conversations are like with the management. I have yeah. no, I don't know yeah. any of it. Yeah, I think it's also, it's also there's a, a fear that he becomes sort of a prop that they can point to and say, you know, but look, we have, I don't we know have that they do guy. that. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what those yeah. kind of like inner, I don't know what those inner workings are. Mm-hmm. Listen, I went there once to shoot something with him. He did something for this show a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. What was, what did, what did he do? It was, we did. Okay. It was for the 2016 election and we did, we shot a piece that was, well, it was intended to be just a moment of like, oh my god, it's over, and just like all of us oh, high-fiving yeah, yeah, each yeah. other. And for he, the first show, the night, yeah, the night after the election, the, for right? the night after, yeah. and he did that, and uh, we were all in the Fox News building, and a whole conference room was so friendly to us. Like everybody stood up, and they were like, "Hey, well, you." So <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of probably good people working there who are just like, "What the fuck do I do?" <laughs> I do. How do I get out of this? Yeah, yeah. Um, you definitely you enjoy uh, going after them on on the show, though, and I and I very much. Well, enjoy I don't those, enjoy it. <laughs> those seg- those segments. I wish they were doing a better job yeah. of it. Or or maybe you don't enjoy it, but you but you do. Well, it a I lot. do it. Yeah, sure. Because you just feel like it needs to be. Uh, oh my god! Called out. I mean, and it's something you've been. You know, I think back to the um, you know Daily Show days it's like the amount of time that that you and and political comedians have been criticizing them has been so long at this point i mean it's it feels and it's worse now than ever before yeah does it feel like it's changed from when you you know would do segments about them yeah back in the day they get away with is incredible the number of old people that they have ruined is (laughs) 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 you can't even quantify the number of grandparents they have destroyed yeah uh, I feel like I may have asked you about this once before, just because it's one of my favorite things that you've ever done. But it was the uh, the tribute to the five on um, oh, on the Daily right. Show. Yeah, <laughs> right. And um, that was written by uh, or written with uh, Zubin yeah. uh, Parang, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you just talk about that? Because it was, even, it, it's hard to <laughs> even remember. We did a black box theater piece. Yeah, that was an homage to our love of the five. Yeah, and it was spectacular yeah <laughs> i don't was, even know if it exists online i don't know what yeah, they've we'll, done we'll with try their... to we'll try to uh, find it and oh, maybe we can put great. a clip in or something oh, that'd be um, nice uh, jen i'm sorry please don't compare the five to other panel shows okay the five is so much more than just a panel show it's life itself it is everything How are they different from a, a panel show? They, they seem like... John, perhaps you're unacquainted with my one-woman show inspired by The Five. I shall now perform it for you. I, I don't... I actually, I don't, I don't think we have five. Shush. Easy, little John. Mama's in control now. John, The Five is the storyboard of the human condition. And I know this because I'm Samantha B. And I watch The Five. It's 
hard to kind of search through that archive. Of yeah, there's stuff. a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot out there. I was trying to search for something recently and I couldn't find it to save my life. Yeah. Like Stephen Moore, the, you know, the mm-hmm. um, Fed, his nominee, yeah. his Fed nominee, who's now <laughs> no longer a Fed nominee. Yeah. Thank God. God. Yeah, him and Herman Cain both oh, uh, saw the light of day. Lord, I think, and, uh... <laughs> but Stephen Moore was a fixture on the Daily Show when yeah. he was there. He was on it all the time because you could just ask him to say some stupid bullshit on the air, and he was happy to do it. Because yeah, he was he in, was, he was like in, in field pieces, right? Yeah, so many field pieces. He was in a, a ton of field pieces over there because he was the one. He was a very reliable, dumb conservative voice who always wanted to be on TV <laughs> and he, his thoughts were outrageous and I tried to find them. Yeah. I actually was searching for them and I couldn't find them. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Did you have like a, a stable of uh, reliable people who you knew would say something dumb on, in a field piece uh, oh, when yeah, you were working there? For sure. Stephen Moore was one of them. Stephen Moore yeah. was one of the ones that we were like, God, no more Stephen Moore. He just, <laughs> I've had enough of him. God, what's that? What else is he going to say? You know, you just, you would go back to the well. Yeah. And then finally, we just cut him off. We're like, let's not give this guy any more TV time. He's Mm. ridiculous. Yeah. Coming up, how Samantha Bee first brought Joe Biden's creepy behavior to light back in 2015. So um, another, uh, you know, talking about old uh, Daily Show uh, Mm -hmm. content um, that just resurfaced a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew. uh, There were a couple of articles going around about the... uh, Joe Biden uh, groping oh, uh, yeah. piece that you mm-hmm. were in with John. Yeah. Uh, the audacity of grope, I believe it was called. Oh, uh, yes. I remember um, it well. Yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. how that, uh, how you decided to, um, to, to do that? Segment? Well, he was, t- <laughs> he was, he is a handsy guy. It yeah. was just a running joke. I mean, it was just a funny running joke yeah. around the office. That was, I think in 2015. Yeah. 15, 15. Yeah. Which surprised me. I thought it was 2013, but it was actually, just before I left. Yeah. Um, yeah. The kind of premise was that he was, you know, uh, teasing a White House run teasing for a White House 2016. Run, and and were... I had his handprints all over yeah. his jammy handprints on my boobs. <laughs> and then his like fudgy handprints on my ass or it was yeah. like motor oil or something. There was one that was Cheetos and one that Cheetos was uh, chalk. And jam in the yeah. front. Yeah. <laughs> motor oil in the back and maybe yeah. something else. <laughs> yes. um, but it's just, it was, I think it resurfaced because people were like, it's one of those things where you say, Oh, were, were we just, you know, it's this is getting a lot of talk now, but were we just Listen, not paying attention for the most part un- before this? Of course, we were not paying attention at all. Not Well, I mean, we were at the yeah. daily shows. Yeah. I mean, there's enough footage of teenagers cringing yeah. <laughs> from, his, from his impending yeah. or, wet lip kiss on the forehead. Yeah. I mean, or women's hair. The fact that it was, you know, pre Me Too movement as we know it now. Um, yes. And that we, it was still, it was funny and it's still funny, mm-hmm. but it was different. Do you, I mean, do you think that it, it is different now? Like that, that type of, would you, would you approach it any differently now? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, of course. You see, we, it's interesting, like waiting for the world to catch up. I mean, Mm -hmm. we did that piece in 2015 and nobody wanted his touches. It was visible. People's discomfort is visible. I'm sure some people love it. The, you know, we had tons of footage of people who don't, we see things through a different lens now. It's this, uh, it's, you know, 
the fact that people have to be told not to put their hands all over women and sniff their hair is remarkable. <laughs> but it's great that we have started to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And you and more recently on Full Frontal you did that um sort of parody of his oh, uh, God, response video. video. Well, if you're gonna do a video <laughs> if you're gonna make a video about how <laughs> you didn't understand that your touches were so unwelcome, don't do it from the and from a physical angle that makes your hands look gigantic. <laughs> His hands are in the frame. Like the angle is so bad. I just want to volunteer my services as like a media person for people. I can't imagine for the, doing a low-angled shot between his legs of his <laughs> ginormous hands coming into the frame. Yeah. What are we doing, guys? Or you know what? Another option is... Take number two. You can do it twice. Yeah. It's so okay. Yeah, and it was like shot on a phone, vertical. Yeah, which uh, it's vertical. It's on a phone. Do another round. <laughs> get a cue card. Yeah, that could we have been the, this, the dress guys. rehearsal, maybe. And then, go team, yeah. go. This is a real <laughs> campaign for the Democratic nomination. Let's do second take, third take, tenth take. Yeah, let's get it right. And it, it hasn't gotten Pretty a lot. Important. It hasn't gotten a lot better in in his you know subsequent responses. Oh Lord! Oh my God! Yeah. There was a year that um, I can't even uh, honestly the years blur together. But there was some maybe it was 2016 and all the Democrats got together and they made when they were like launching their new slogan, which I don't even remember what it was. But it was terrible, and there were tons of them in the video. It was just like Chuck Schumer and all of them, and they weren't wearing makeup in the video mm -hmm. and there was no <laughs> light like there's no lighting nothing i'm like you all look like ghouls let me help you you can't <laughs> do this shit anymore you cannot get away with it yeah. let's all get some powder and rethink these things let's anyway i'm right. just gonna drink my topo chico now <laughs> in disgust take a big slug um I mean, it does seem like you uh, you have fun um, going after the. Or I don't know if "going after" is the right word, but um, you know, joking and and covering the mm -hmm. the Democratic candidates. Sure. Too. I mean, that is that of exciting course. that that's kind of ramping up now, and that you have all these new people to talk I don't about know besides that just exciting Trump. Exciting <laughs> is the word. Um, it's so early. You yeah. Know what I mean, we're already. I mean, we had our morning meeting today at ten fifteen, and we were all like. There's 22 candidates now, mm -hmm. I think. I mean, yeah. at the telling of this podcast, yeah. they <laughs> think knows? there are 22 or 20, but two are about to set to announce later in the week. I don't even know anymore if the lines all blur, the names blur. Mm -hmm. So exciting is maybe not the word. There's certainly lots to talk about, but we're already talking about official debates in June. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very coming right far up. away from... Well, yeah. Listen, I'm from Canada. We have two months. Like when the time when you announce an election is coming, it's a very strictly regulated period mm. of time that you can campaign yeah. in. And everyone fudges the lines to a certain extent. But it's a it's a very short, it's a very mm -hmm. brief period of ridiculousness. This one just goes on forever. We're all gonna drown ourselves <laughs> in a bucket. <laughs> but uh, like it's impossible to imagine that. In November of this year, we're still a year away. Yeah. Bananas. Uh, yeah, and we're not even near Guys, that. Yeah. I really have an ongoing theory, which I like to put forward. I'm starting to put put it forward more and more. If you don't really want to be president, you shouldn't put your name in. Don't yeah. just throw your name yeah. in the hat willy-nilly. 
Do you think that's what some Del of these people are doing? Oh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's the latest uh, rumor now. Fix the subway. <laughs> um, well, you live in LA, but you know what the subway yeah. is. Oh, yeah. I took the L train today. It was real fun. Yeah. Okay, that's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It gives you. We have both... an accidental president. Yeah. Right now, who just wanted to? Pro- I mean, my personal opinion. Who just wanted to promote his a hotel chain? Mm-hmm. Come on, and his stupid properties. Um. What do you? You know, there are so many candidates. There are a lot of female candidates mm-hmm. this time, which, which is, is good. Which to is see. good. Um. But at the same time, and it's like the polls are so early. What do they mean? Yeah. But the front runners in all these polls are. Are for the most part the white the mm-hmm. white guys. Well, there is a very interesting conversation afoot, and this is something that we will touch on on the show. That idea of electability, like what's the more important value to hold in your heart? The person, you know, the, you throw all your weight behind the person you think can beat an incumbent president, mm-hmm. or do you throw your weight behind a person whose values you care about? Yeah. I'm in the values category mm-hmm. personally yeah. as a voter, but we'll see how it shakes out. But it is a divisive thing to talk about. Yeah, and I don't think anybody knows what electability means. And what does that mean? Because... It usually means not a lang dying. Yeah. <laughs> That's how people are interpreting yeah. it. Yeah. Good on us. We're doing great. We learned <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Terrific. I think especially with Elizabeth Warren, that's been, you know, the the conversation is she's she's too much like Hillary, even though oh, her policies aren't and her, you know, so much about her is not. But just it's her that she's a, you know, white woman of a certain age. Oh, my God. But she's out there like slinging proposals and ideas all over mm-hmm. the place. Like the woman has policy ideas. She has literal ideas. And I really am just generally not in favor of candidates who have no policy proposals. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really have. They're not bringing ideas because the, at the very least, you should be using this time to have ideas for things. Even if you don't think that the nomination is ultimately going to be yours, your ideas add into the big buckets of grand ideas mm-hmm. for the future of this country. We have so much to do once this election is won. Yeah, <laughs> getting your getting your hopes up. There's uh... a lot of repair work that needs to be done, so a lot you need to bring your best ideas to the table. And I I do appreciate the candidates who are actually have ideas for what they would do if they won. Mm-hmm. Please have more of those. Yeah, not just ideas about how to sound good or not just or... like look at me this feels right everyone's asking me to do it therefore everyone wants me like, what <laughs> what what about the teachers what about education yeah um you know there's a lot of talk about the media learning lessons from 2016 and mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm articles about likability are a great way to start stopping yeah <laughs> please we can't um, but I'm curious, you know, do you, do you feel like you have things, lessons to learn from, from 2016 for full frontal? I mean, for me or, oh. you know, you started the show I never uh, learned in that lessons, year. Matt. I don't <laughs> learn lessons at all. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay because you can learn it all on the new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host and friend of the last laugh, Darcy Carden, and her favorite comedian friends, as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you will learn that's the sciencey term for eardrum. Wikihole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders, how the hell did we get here? Follow Wikihole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to Wikihole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. No, I mean, that's interesting. Oh, you mean, because I mean, I really was, I certainly was all in for Hillary. Yeah. I, I don't. And you thought, and like, listen, like everyone, you thought she was going to win. I mean, you, you planned a whole show uh, yeah, for the day I after the election. A drop. <laughs> listen, no one thinks that I and my show are going to make any, are, are going to decide the outcome of this election. Right. Like, so I think I can just say whatever I want mm-hmm. at any given time. Yeah. But there's so much, I don't want to exhaust myself and others by only focusing on that that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's yeah that's what's great about your show Should too we is you... set up a balloon well <laughs> i think we'll set a balloon drop because I th- we'll set a balloon drop for the day after for the show after again and we'll see well maybe we'll do like a two-tone balloon drop we'll have <laughs> m- mournful balloons and happy balloons and then there's two <laughs> buttons that you press one for yeah. oh the, b- the mournful balloon drop is just all deflated Oh. brown balloons <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even be yeah they would just be like horrible like earth tone balloons but not but deflated like popped oh god god forbid <laughs> um do you uh do you uh have hopes to get uh candidates on the on the show in one way or another um as yeah we just did or, i just um... interviewed one of them oh yeah <laughs> i won't can say you, who. you can't tell me who it is <laughs> it was kamala actually yeah. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. I so just that... did. I just interviewed her on Friday. So I think it'll air in a couple of weeks, oh, probably cool. a week or maybe next week. Um, so, yeah. What, what was that uh, conversation like without Excellent. giving uh, without giving anything away? Very, very interesting. Yeah. Always fun. It was fun. She was great. I love talking to her. I really like um, her. And was it, it was just kind of like a straight up interview or was mm-hmm. it part of a, a sort of larger No, we did a bit, or... Matt. There's a funny <laughs> bit. <laughs> we bring the fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you think... Uh, Listen, nobody thinks they have to come on our show and announce or do anything like that. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not serious in that way. Yeah. So think, it's not like you have to do the rounds and you have to... Oh, you gotta go in full frontal. Yeah, it's The View, and, uh, the view. and Full Frontal That's are the right. two places you have to go. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, <laughs> if think, you want to be taken seriously yeah. in this round, you gotta go in full frontal. Yeah. I think Colbert was trying to get people to announce on his show. I think he got one. He got uh, a bunch. I think he got a couple. couple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jill Brand, maybe, and uh, yeah. someone else. Well, she she has, she was, she launched her investigative committee. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, does show. that count? I it don't didn't know. Count. <laughs> that's not real. Um, so uh, you you alluded to this earlier, but mm-hmm. and it's something that we've obviously talked about before. But um, it's been almost a year since the mm-hmm. Ivanka Trump uh, yeah. controversy. When was that? Was that May or June? I believe it was May, okay. uh, end of May. Great, um, coming up on our one year yeah. anniversary. Do you have anything big planned? Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a full reprise. Hi, I'm Samantha B. You know, a lot of people were offended and angry that I used an epithet to describe the president's daughter and advisor last week. It is a word I have used on the show many times, hoping to reclaim it. This time, I used it as an insult. I crossed the line, I regret it, and I do apologize for that. The problem is that many women have heard that word at the worst moments of their lives. A lot of them don't want that word reclaimed. They want it gone. And I don't blame them. I don't want to inflict more pain on them. I want this show to be challenging, and I want it to be honest, but I never intended it to hurt anyone except Ted Cruz. (laughs) Obviously, we don't need to to rehash it, but Mm -hmm. I'm curious if it has made you think differently or affected any any way that you go go about making the show. I mean, because I know when we talked before, you said you kind of regretted that it, the comment you made about her distracted from the larger yes. point you were trying to make about the family separation mm-hmm. at the border. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard. It's like you want to use comedy and shocking comedy in some cases to mm-hmm. draw attention to stuff. So how do you how do you deal well, with that? Well, I do think that if it had any real impact on the show, it helped me to understand that the excuse me, prior to that point I kind of thought of the show in a bubble, to be perfectly honest. We mm-hmm. may have talked about this before, yeah. but I really did have an immature view of the show and of, like, my role at the show. In a way, I was just kind of like, I just talk about my passions and I just say stuff. And mm-hmm. and it was, I, I understood what, that we were an established show at that point. It took that long of doing the show mm-hmm. for me to go, oh, wait, we actually have a voice and we have a place mm-hmm. in this world such as it is and so i'm a little bit more mindful of that i think actually yeah so i'm not super thrilled that everyone at my kid's school was talking about it to my child like right okay okay so there's an i i had a better awareness of kind of like our viewership and just you know where we stand i i know that seems very abstract but it made me be a little more thoughtful moving forward. I mean, it's still this, it's the ex- literally the exact same show. Yeah. Um, I just don't call the president's daughter a C word anymore. Yeah. But failing that, <laughs> nothing, else has changed. Else, nothing else has really changed. I just have a better understanding. I'm like, okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I feel like now we're like a real show. We're not just an upstart show. It's a real show. It's established. Yeah. 
I mean, you have your your audience that I think probably saw that, you know, cheered from their couches in a lot of cases and, you know, didn't really think twice about it after. Like, you know, because I feel like it was it was very consistent with the way that it was very, very consistent with the show um, up to that point. And it's, you know, this is it is what it is. I think it's that that amplification that happens Mm -hmm. beyond the show. You know, I'm sure there were a lot of people who had, you know, probably never heard of you until they heard about that definitely it made its way around the world in a way that was very unexpected yeah yeah that i was not aware could happen yeah um so uh we're also we're talking today on um the day that that yet another uh female fronted late night uh host show got canceled uh busy phillips i'm really bummed about that busy's great and her show was very unique. It was like perfect for her. It was, it was a really fun and really well done show by a great team of people. And I'm very disappointed. That really bums me out. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, this has been an unfortunate trend yeah. in, in the late night, you know, obviously know. for a long time there were no female late night hosts at all really. Yeah. And then, you know, I think you came along and, um, and really kind of busted in, uh, in a big way. And there, and there've been these shows that have launched since. So mm-hmm. there was, um, Robin Thede, Michelle Wolf, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, um, before all that, Chelsea Handler, mm-hmm. um, and now busy Phillips, all of these shows, uh, that feel to me like they're not getting the same type of chance that other shows have gotten they've had a very short runway yeah you know it takes a long time it takes a long time to find an audience in this in this world there's just a lot of television out there so Mm -hmm. finding an audience is really it's challenging i mean i i don't know you listen it's a it's a reminder that ultimately the television industry is a business Mm -hmm. and so whatever you know, whatever monetary or whatever value, you know, they're just not investing in things for the long haul mm-hmm. in the same way that I feel like they used to do. And that is very unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it must make you think about, you know, the the relative longevity that you've um, been been gi- given and, and given the a chance to very, grow. The GBS really has been great and they did give us a chance to grow. They, they gave us a long they give us they give us a long leash and they have believed in the show from the start so we're very i'm just very lucky that we landed there yeah and that they believed in it from the start but i mean yeah for you now uh you know it's like again you're the only female host it. in late night well the thing is coming yes that's true in, so i don't know when may in um, the, maybe soon in the fall? On, on nbc yeah uh, yeah but still it's it's a disappointment to me i think those women are amazing Listen, it's not, let's not imagine that they're not going to re-emerge mm-hmm. in some yeah. new form. And I hope that whatever outlets they kind of end up at, whatever networks they end up at, do believe in them and do invest the time to make, mm-hmm. to build an audience. It's, it's super tough. It's tough to do. Yeah. And it's also that the, the landscape of it is, is consistently changing i think probably even in the few years that you've been on the air in terms of where people are watching and Mm -hmm. how people are watching and um so i mean how much do you sort of think about that in terms of how people are watching the show are they watching it on tv online and um and does that does that affect your decision making at all it doesn't affect our decision making we always you know we have commercial breaks i Mm. mean you know we it's not 
a Netflix show. You know, we have to take, we have to step down for commercials. Mm-hmm. So we've always segmented the show in the, you know, the exact same way because mm-hmm. we have to, but it does allow acts to be distributed in a way that is, it's been effective for us, but we've always had our eye to it. Yeah. Since the beginning, it had to always be like chunkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, it, it's been hard uh, for some of the shows that have been on streaming um, that it's, it's just a different animal and it's like it is. whether getting people to get used to watching this type of show on a streaming network for whatever reason, I think has been, has been a little more difficult. Well, making something on a streaming service appointment based so that right. you feel like you need to watch it within a certain time yeah. frame. If it's related to the news at all, that's it's challenging. Yeah. Hassan's doing it. Yeah. He's accomplishing that task I yeah. think, by being a little bit more evergreen yeah. is really, really helpful. Like you could go back and binge his whole, you know, first season and yeah. it would still feel, yes. you know, it wouldn't feel like you were. It has to hold up people, because people will watch it at 10 a.m. on a Sunday and four weeks later when they're on vacation in Maine. You know, you don't know yeah. when people are going to. But do you do you like the the excitement of, of keeping of doing something that's very um, topical? And you I know, like it. Personally, yeah. I, that's for me. I, I really do like it. Um, but it can make for some stressful uh, days, I'm it sure, makes, on Wednesdays. Yeah, it, makes, <laughs> it makes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday a little bit more rollicking. Yeah. And then do things come down uh, for the rest of the week? Or are yeah, you always kind I of... Think, uh... I mean, who knows? Because honestly, we've done... We did two specials back-to-back within an eight-month time frame. And yeah. that really was like... Because we had our ice special in mm-hmm. December and then went right into the Not the White House Correspondence Center. So we've been in specials mode for you know a good a solid eight months so Mm -hmm. there was really no downtime yeah for us it was like having two full-time jobs at the Mm -hmm. same time so now that we don't have anything on the horizon like that Mm -hmm. except for summer fridays what's what's summer fridays (laughs) try not to come into the office on fridays in the summer yeah that's good that's good um everybody wants to live um, so now we can take a couple of, you know, we can take a beat and spend a little time like really focusing on the, on the show mm-hmm. as a, a regular occurrence, Yeah, which I'm excited about. To doing this, does doing the specials, uh, Oh my make... God, but we are launching something fantastic in the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah. So watch for that. And I'm not telling you a thing about it. Nothing. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. I'm yeah. really proud and excited about it. Is it another uh, uh, app? I can't say a word. <laughs> it's just really neat. And people have, the people here have been working on it very diligently. And I think it's a really cool idea. And I'm really happy about it. So you have to write about it. Yeah. Matt. Yeah, I guess no, I do. It's, it's pretty neat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you said you don't have any other specials on the horizon and we're, we're just past the, the not the White House Correspondence mm-hmm. Center. But um, could you could you imagine doing it again? Is it going to be every other year? I can uh, never imagine. Now? I can never imagine doing it again. After, like, <laughs> after doing it, I'm like, oh, just let me drink my beverage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat a salad first. I'm <laughs> swim in a pool. Coming up, Samantha explains why Trump calling for her to be fired on Twitter made her realize that her show was going to be OK. It's a bit of a downtime now. Yeah. There's not a lot of zest. People are waiting to, to move back. <laughs> People have lost the pep in their stuff. I will <laughs> say that. Um, so uh, one thing that I like to do uh, towards the end of the show um, mm-hmm. is go through uh, some sort of highlights from 
from your career over the last several okay. years and see if there's sort of sure. one big memory or story mm-hmm. or, or thing that, that jumps out to you when, sure. when I, when I mention it. Okay. Um, so the first one mm-hmm. is, uh, the first time that you met your husband, Jason Aww. Jones, who ended up, uh, you ended up working at the daily show with him for a long time. I did. Um, Oh my God, we've been married for s- almost 20. We've been married for almost 20 years, like 19 years wow. in the fall. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I remember when I first met Jason, he was wearing mirrored sunglasses <laughs> and I thought he was such a jerk. <laughs> And it took me about a year to learn that he was very nice <laughs> and that we had a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were not, we didn't impress each other. It was a quite a, quite a slow, quite a slow get to know yes stage, which is good. And you met, um, doing uh, theater or we did, we were doing a traveling, very bad children's show. <laughs> very, very bad children's show. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we've done all the jobs that this industry yeah. <laughs> can provide. Yeah. Uh, doing well now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no regrets. Um, what do you remember about, uh, getting hired at the daily show and, and meeting oh, John Stewart for the first time? I was terrified. I was terrified. I remember auditioning I had to come for my callback audition I had to come to New York and meet John and of course he was such a fixture in my life because I love the show so much and Mm -hmm. I felt like we were best friends we were not best friends (laughs) he was very nice and we did I did the audition to the best of my ability and then as I walked out and then everyone like kind of abandoned me he had the microphone on it was in the studio in Mm -hmm. in the proper studio when the studio was on 52nd and um, everyone kind of like left me in the building with my mic pack on because they were on, they were seeing other women. And so they were miking other women and getting everybody else ready. And so I just like took the mic pack off and I put it on a table and I got lost in the building because it was really complicated kind of, it was a townhouse and it was, there were a lot of floors and a lot of closed doors. I got lost in the building and then realized that my audition had been on closed circuit television the entire time. And everybody in the building had seen, and they were really <laughs> embarrassed. And I tried to, I ran out. Is that how they <laughs> always out. do it? So everyone can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they did at the time. I don't know what they do. Yeah. Now, but they did. Yes. At the time. Yes. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy to me. I was, I was just a girl from Canada and I ran out and I ran home. <laughs> and then what about when you found out that you, uh, that you got the show? I was at my, I worked at an advertising agency in Canada and I found out I, I was working. It was a work day for me and my agent called me and she was in such great disbelief as was I (laughs) like she was in maybe in greater disbelief than I was. And she told me and I hung up the phone and I quit my job. I went into my boss's office and I was like, hi, Patrick, I quit. And he (laughs) was like, what? And then he took me out for a martini at the top of a beautiful building in Toronto. We went out and celebrated. That's amazing. Yeah. My heart was in my chest. But definitely Jason and I were like, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. We were like, even he was like, this can't last. So I was yeah. like, I definitely am getting fired. And then he came after you? Years later. Yeah. Years later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You were the longest, uh, longest serving uh, correspondent, right? I don't know. Are you still? I, I like think you are. Steven, wasn't he long? No, maybe I was. 12 years. It's yeah. a long time. Um, I interviewed uh, Jenna Friedman pretty recently, oh, um, and uh, she was a field producer on The Daily Show and worked yep. with you. Um, and we were talking about uh, field pieces mm-hmm. and how you um, would 
you know, have these uh, moments where you are getting someone to say, where, you, where you're watching somebody say something and thinking, I cannot mm-hmm. believe that, that this is happening. Do you, yeah. have, uh, do you have any ones that, that stick out in your memory from your time there? I did a bunch with her that were really interesting. We did one together and I can't, I really shouldn't talk about the person that we did it with, but he revealed himself truly to us yeah. on camera and he was so fucking mad after. He was so fucking mad that we used the footage of him that are the things that he says and feels. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he really, he really came for us. He came for the show. He was a very upset person and I will never forget him as long as I live. But it really is just a process of like, you know, I mean, at first when I started working there, it was very much like, we're going to go out and interview a crazy person today and it's going to be so fun. Like mm-hmm. someone who sewed a dick pocket into his jeans in school, <laughs> but it, you know, evolved to a much more, to become a much more political show and much mm-hmm. more of a, so you were really demonstrating your point of view much more deeply. And at that time, when I did that particular piece with Jenna, it really became about peeling away the layers of the onion when someone was... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you experience the same. Th- it's the same thing when you're interviewing someone. Yeah. You're trying to get to the heart of the matter. You're trying to ask probing questions that get people to like reveal themselves to you, just so you can get a real moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's all about. And so we would get real moments with people because we just, frankly, wore them down. Yeah. Which sometimes is that's what it takes too. And he did, and he was very upset with what he saw, and we were just like, dude. This is you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you feel. Yeah. It's not like he didn't know he was uh, speaking in front of a camera. No. He was a he was a, a, a well-versed person. He was a media-savvy person. So mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> I love Jenna. She's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. She's really great. Yep. Um what do you remember about your your final episode of the of the Daily Show? Your your that I do not remember at all. <laughs> it's a blur. I didn't want to do it. I do remember like I'm canadian you know at mm-hmm. heart and i like to like do an irish goodbye mm-hmm. i wasn't going to i didn't want to do anything i actually was like let me just disappear mm-hmm. let me just disappear into the ether please don't make me do a final show because i am a crier i cry i'm a big crier and i don't i don't feel badly about that mm-hmm. i just can spring it to tears and yeah moment. And I knew that I would cry, and I was like, I don't want to cry on TV. Please don't make me. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> of course, because they made me. Yeah. No. Um, you you decided to leave um, before or after you knew John was, um, was going to be leaving? It kind of all happened around the same time. It was a really, okay. I think, I've, if, let me get the, I'll try to do the timeline correctly, mm-hmm. but sometimes I get it foggy it was the late 2014 jason and i wrote a pilot for tele- for tbs actually mm, yeah for the sh- a show called the detour which yeah. is a great show and we're so proud of it so we shot the pilot in december of 2014 and we loved it we had so much fun working on it and we we're like dear god please let tbs pick this up because we had sold many pilots mm-hmm. this was the first one we got to make and we loved making it and we were like our future is in scripted jason and i always knew that we had a future beyond the daily show and we knew that the next our next step would be ownership Mm -hmm. like to executive produce something to write something to be the showrunners of something and so we were like let this be the project because we love doing it and then 
January, we were editing it, and then it was kind of in TBS's hands. And so then once you, you know, you give your final cut of the pilot to the network, you're just waiting for the green, you're waiting for the green light or the red light, you're waiting for the thumbs up, thumbs down. So we were in that phase. And in February, I think of 2015, that's when John announced that he was leaving. And so we were just at that crossroads where we were like, we know that there's nothing more that we need to accomplish at this place. What we need to accomplish next is to take ownership of our own project. So we decided to leave for sure in that moment. As Mm -hmm. soon as he was stepping down, we knew that we were going to leave. Yeah. We just didn't quite know what the timeline would be. And then right away, TBS picked up our show. Thank God. And then they offered me this show. So everything kind of happened all February, March, 2015. It all happened pretty quickly, but we knew that we would leave Yeah, when he was leaving. We just felt that the show would be different. The Mm -hmm. show would like move into another phase, Mm -hmm. which it did. And that we were just part of one era of the show and Mm -hmm. that we should just step aside. Yeah. I mean, I think your, your name was certainly floated a lot as a potential successor to him. And I think there were people Floated out in the world. And, uh, I'm not sure it was really yeah. floated at Comedy Central. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I think you know, I was I was surprised that you that that it wasn't you. And I think Jenna Friedman also told me she was surprised. Um, I was were you wildly unsurprised? No yeah. one talked to. They didn't ask me or talk to me about mm-hmm. it. I mean, literally, like no one even called or emailed from the network at all. How did she that talk to me about it? I mean, were you? How did that make you feel? Terrible. It was awful. It was really awful. Yeah. I mean. Eventually, they spoke to me, but it was, I mean, it was like, I want to say a full month or six weeks after John had announced that he was leaving. Mm -hmm. So it was, I was never in contention and I very much knew that. Yeah. I don't know that people in the outside world knew how much I was not being considered for the job. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about the, you know, the speculation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots of speculation. Um, Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's tough. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I understood. I yeah. understood. No, I mean, I didn't understand why, but I understood what my role was there. Mm-hmm. I saw it pretty clearly. Yeah. I understood yeah. my, my value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the industry, it's always a kick in the crotch at yeah. certain points. You just kind of take that and remember it forever. And it imprints <laughs> inside. It's etched on the inside of your skull. Yeah forever with a burning <laughs> hot rage and then <laughs> you just hold on to that kernel and make another show somewhere else the the last thing i wanted to ask you what you, what you remember from the, the day that the uh, president of the united states uh, called for you to be uh, fired oh, on, on twitter god oh which is well, something that actually not, yeah. okay <laughs> Well, since we're peeling back the layers of the onion. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. um, I actually was happy that he did Mm -hmm. in a weird way. I was happy and then unhappy because I felt that if he actually called for the cancellation of my show, then canceling my show would become a First Amendment issue. (laughs) (laughs) So part of me was happy. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I mean... Uh, nobody nobody uh, trust me nobody really wants that it's not it's not a good thing in your personal life it's a very very bad and ugly mm-hmm. but i did think that having the president tweet something about me took the issue into another realm mm-hmm. it 
it pushed it into another category. And I was like, oh my God, I was, I'm going to get my shows going to get canceled. And then I'm going to have to go to the Supreme court. And I'm going to be like Larry Flint. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. This is not what I had planned for myself. <laughs> that sounds pretty exciting too, though. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. I'll take it all the way to the top. I don't care. But, it you know it was it was a lot yeah so it was it's a, a burden so it's almost like you you thought that I would you, not wish it upon anybody yeah. trust me yeah you almost thought that you had a better chance of or you were worried you were going to be canceled maybe before he tweeted mm-hmm. less less so than I was after. less worried about being canceled after he did yeah yeah it was like it happened at the morning I guess the worst. The, a very bad day was the th- we had the show on the Wednesday Thursday was terrible. He tweeted about a first thing Friday morning, and I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, now this is really different." And then Friday was a, just an eruption; it just like everything blew up. It was like a volcano in my apartment, mm-hmm. and then things settled down a little bit. But it was quite a journey. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, to end, uh, I like to ask, uh, what's, what's the last thing that, that made you laugh really hard that you can, that you can think oh, of? Oh, like, does it, a, like a TV show? It could be a TV show. It could be a movie, uh, mm. something that just happened in your life or, or anything that, that comes to mind. Gee, I thoroughly, I have so much fun with my kids. I, they thoroughly make me laugh. They're <laughs> really, really funny, but I can't. If I try to tell you the story of what made me laugh, it will not seem funny. So I won't do that. <laughs> you know, another thing that made me funny laugh, a TV show that really made me laugh was that new, it's a new sketch show on Netflix. Uh, it's Tim um, Robinson. Tim Robinson. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and my kid, my kids watched it because <laughs> it's too funny not yeah. to share. Yeah. And they loved it too. Like it is funny. Yeah. It's a funny show. Do you it like funny? A, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like the epitome of, silly non-political so good. you know it's sort of it's it's pretty far from what you do so do you feel like you yeah. sometimes are drawn to comedy that is i'm never drawn to comedy so it's interesting from, yeah. that i watch i don't usually i don't usually sit down and make mm-hmm. I, I i just i prefer kind of like things that are totally outside of my world um generally speaking but it was too funny i saw i like saw a sketch of the uh the one with vanessa bayer and i loved it i mm-hmm. love her yeah, and uh, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the show. This will, this will, this will be good for me. This is, this will have value in my life, and it's so, it's so bite offable. The episodes are not long, so it was perfect. I sat down and watched them all back to back. I loved it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time thank with you. me today. This was a lot of fun. This was very fun. Was fun being in your office. I know. And seeing your it's view. Very, very pretty today. <laughs> very. I got to get out in the world yeah, and walk around a bit. Yeah, I will. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Samantha B for letting me take over her office for an hour and record this episode. You can catch Full Frontal every Wednesday night at 10.30 p.m. on TBS. And if you didn't get a chance to see this year's Not the White House Correspondents Dinner, you can see pretty much the whole thing on the show's YouTube channel right now. It is very much worth your time. If you enjoyed this show, please tell your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein and at thedailybeast.com. The Last Laugh is distributed by Himalaya Media for The Daily Beast. It is produced by Jason Smith for Starburns Audio and Scott Porch for Himalaya Media. Special thanks to Leif Enoksen from Brain Machine Network in New York for engineering this episode. Our theme music is by Claude, who you can find on Instagram at claude.mp3. 
You can find this show every week on Apple Podcasts, the Himalaya app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. See you next week. Thank you.